Welcome to another episode of Stuck Middle Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Reflex. I'm joined with my partner, Sir Charles. Welcome back, bro. Yo, what's up, man? I'm in the building, bro. I'm here. I'm here, man. You know, we back. It's been a minute. It's been a I minute. Know. You good? Long hiatus. You know, we was, we was uh, you know, making sure we was taking care of the bag, securing it. You know what I'm saying? Especially I seen a lot of go down. You know what I mean? Over the course of time, I'm happy to be back, though. Back like MJ. 98. That's excellent, man. That's excellent. We got it. We got a special guest in the building or, you know, joining us virtually. Uh, but before that, just want to thank everybody who is a return uh, viewer or listener on whatever platform, whether you're driving or you're cleaning your house right now on a Saturday, Tuesday morning, evening, whatever. Thank you so much. Uh, we are driven by our online store. So if you go on sitmpodcast.com backslash store, you can shop Stuck and Meet a Podcast merch. That's how we're able to drive this machine forward. Um, do hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube for the first time in a ringer. So you get updates every time we drop new material. SITM Podcast on all social media platforms. And uh, we are also on available on email. If you just want to reach out, to, reach out to us, you know, suggest a guest or write a blog post for us. That's SITMPodcast237 at gmail.com. Like I said, we got a special guest joining us today. The timing could not be perfect. She's been on the calendar. Shout out to Ma. Ma's always great, you know, booking his guests. Uh, his hard work. We appreciate you, Ma. But she's been on the calendar for a while, man. She's the founder of Africa's Mental Health Matters, an organization that strives to promote mental health awareness among the youth population in Africa and in the diaspora. Please, please, please welcome Vanessa DeBayo to Stuck Middle Podcast. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yo, you've been... <laughs> You've been doing this for so long. Like, you know, I just want to break the ice like this. Like, you know, somebody look at your resume. You know what I mean? You've been doing this for so long as far as consulting for, you know, men mental health firms. What, you know, did the, did the passion stir from and What drives your love when it comes to mental health in the youth in Africa and in the diaspora? Um, well, thank you first and foremost for having me. It's a privilege and an honor to be here today. And I'm glad that I have this platform to kind of talk a little bit more about um, Africa's Mental Health Matters. Um, well, I thank you for believing that I've been doing this for a while, but I actually haven't been doing it for so long. I've, I've been more so interested in the global public health space. And um, I kind of started this initiative really because of an experience I had. Um, I, I had the opportunity to do a grad school program um, with NYU and, and it was an untraditional MPH program that required us to be away for a year. So we started in DC, then we went to Accra, Ghana for a semester, and then we went, ended up in Abu Dhabi. And while I was in Ghana, and specifically, I took a social behavioral class. Um, and while I was taking that class, we had a Ghanaian professor. Um, he was a psychologist practicing part-time and also a professor. And he just talked to us about mental health um, in the context of, in the African context. And, you know, he talked about his journey with mental health, how he had dealt with depression, um, being in a long-term relationship with um, someone and then them leaving him and taking off to go to America. And he just, he was very open. And I thought that was very different because seeing that from a, you know, African man's standpoint, for him to be so vulnerable and sharing his story and his journey with mental health, I thought was quite liberating and quite different. And then from there, um, during our, our time taking this class, he decided to take us to a local psych hospital in Accra specifically. And oh, wow. when I yeah, went, yeah, so it was, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't really been to, prior to that, had never been to a psych hospital. So I really didn't know what 
to expect. And I think that's for me when everything changed. Um, as I walked in, it was for me, the biggest thing that stood out was the lack of resources, the neglect and the stigma surrounding um, mental health as a whole. Um, you know, I always tell people this story. I came in contact with an 80 year old woman in the geriatric ward and she just started profusely crying when she saw my classmates and I. And she was crying because, you know, she was telling the guard, what did she do to deserve us coming to see her? You know, not a friend, not a family member. No one had come to visit her in about 20 years. So for her, it was like, you know, what does she, what does she do? Like, what, what was, you know, so special about her to, you know, be able to see a guest that day? And so for mm -hmm. me, I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Like, why isn't this more of a conversation, right? Why isn't this population, um, being talked about in the news in the newspaper why isn't this more of a conversation um you know around mental health and so then and there i decided to change my master's thesis um to focusing on social marketing campaigns and the effectiveness of social marketing campaigns to improve attitudes and behaviors towards mental illness and so yeah i went ahead i focused on that i presented my master's thesis and the only question i received was are you going to implement this proposal? Because it seems pretty feasible. And at that age, I think I was maybe 24 or 25 at the time, I didn't think I was capable of ever doing that. You know, I was born and raised in America. I didn't think I had the ability, the resources, yeah, the money. I was, I, was just gonna, I was just gonna ask you like, you know, for people who don't know, like where are you from? Uh, just so I'm Nigerian American, I'm Nigerian American. Mm -hmm. um, it's also important for me to make it known that this was my, so me being in a car was my first time living on the continent. Prior to mm -hmm. that, I had, visit Nigeria, but I've only been to Nigeria once. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so this was my first time at, you know, while I was in, living in Ghana, I also took the opportunity to go to Nigeria, but I kind of felt removed. I was like, for me to implement something like this, I mean, mm -hmm. like, where do you even start? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, we, we're gonna get into talking? that, you know what I mean? Like, cause I, I'm, I'm fascinated as far as like, you know, the, where do you really start? Cause this is something that's so needed, but so hard to get off the ground. And so for, you know, where, where did you go to school, by the way? So I went to my master's, I went to NYU, and then for my undergrad, I went to Boston. I went to UMass Boston in Massachusetts. She went to Boston. Shout out to Boston. Yeah, she went, she went to the big leagues, you know what I mean? Like, I cannot. Um, I didn't go to no big league, but I, I always <laughs> wanted to go out of state because I was born and raised in Maryland. So I was like, you know, mm -hmm. I want to see something outside of this, you know, be outside of my environment. Yeah. All right. So for me, I mean, I want to understand. So why... Why the focus on mental health exactly? Like I, I hear the story, but you know, what was the reason like you targeted mental health as an issue you wanted to address specifically in Africa? Um, I, I know that you visited um, the, the psychiatric ward with your professor, but your study, but really like take a deep dive. Why, why mental health specifically, especially with Africans? Um, you know, that's, that's funny because most people are okay with my answer when I tell them, okay, I went to the psych hospital. And so when mm -hmm. you're telling me to kind of dig deeply, I think, um, it it kind of leaves room for self-reflection. And if I have to be very honest, um, I'm just a very, I think I'm an empath. Like I've, I come into contact with a problem or something that I feel like um, needs to be solved. I just naturally, my heart kind of just went out. I mean, it, I can't explain it to anyone, right? Like I'm telling mm -hmm. you, I went to the psych hospital, but I guarantee you, if you guys stepped into the same psych hospital I did, your, your life would completely change, right? Like, mm -hmm. because it was just, it was so much chaos, right? And mm -hmm. I just felt deep in my heart that like, how could a population be left like this? Like, 
men, women walking around naked, um, not having really hard, having hard beds, toilets being like destroyed, people laying down on concrete. Um, you know, it's just, it was just such a messed up mental health care delivery system, right? Like, I don't understand how any human beings, how any human being could survive or even breed any good health outcomes in that type of environment. And so mm -hmm. that's, to be quite honest, what got me focusing it, focusing on it for my master's thesis. Now, for me to actually take the extra step and move forward, if I have to be honest with you, I was, in a, I was at a crossroad. Like, I was getting ready to move to Abidjan. I just got in a job working with an organization called Save the Children. It was right after I graduated, and I was, like, literally about to take this journey because I didn't know French, right? I was about to go live in a French-speaking country about eight right. months consulting and whatnot. And I was just like, you know, I'm gonna work, but I wanna do something meaningful, right? Like, I just don't wanna, I never, I, I felt like for me, it was a, like a time where I could self-reflect. I don't wanna just do, have a nine to five. I wanna do something that I'm passionate about that makes an impact, something that I can say I'm walking in my purpose with. And mm -hmm. when I went back to my master's thesis, um, it made sense, right? I wanted to see, wait, could this be feasible? Like, could this actually work? You know, I know sometimes we, we all put dreams and goals down on paper, but I guess it was just kind of that willingness to take the extra step and say, hey, if I try and I fail, okay, at least I try. But if I try and I succeed, then I may be on to something here. Yeah, what is mental health matters, um, you know, for people who are unfamiliar with it and what programs or services do you do or offer? What is mental health matters? Matters. Okay, so first and, all, first and foremost, the organization itself is called Africa's Health Matters, right? Mm -hmm. So the Health Matters organization focuses on non-communicable diseases and being able to link people to the proper resources that they need to be able to live healthy and fulfilling lives, right? And we focus on non-communicable diseases because we realize that a lot more times communicable diseases get more attention and people aren't really um, able to focus on things like diabetes, mental health, you know, things that, um, that affect our day-to-day -day living and the way that we live and eat and go about our days. So we really mm -hmm. wanted to focus on that as an overall um, objective. Now, under the organization is Africa's Mental Health Matters. And mental, Africa's Mental Health Matters is more so of an initiative. Um, initially, it was focused on creating awareness around the continent. So my goal was to hold a conference every year in a different African country. And when I did this, I wanted to, collab I wanted to collaborate with organizations advocates, stakeholders, policymakers, influencers, um, anyone really that was in the mental health space that was interested in bringing awareness. And then mm -hmm. I wanted to do something that would create a, an atmosphere or forum for people to be able to speak freely um, about the barriers and the challenges to seeking mental health care. And the way that we did this was through you know, a networking session and compensating different organizations and advocates and businesses that really wanna push up um, mental health awareness on the continent or in the, in the specific country. And then we did this also through um, short film screenings, highlighting work that people are doing to bring awareness to mental health. So we saw, I saw a lot of young people had put out content out there that focused on mental health awareness. And I said, okay, this is an opportunity for us to highlight that. We did this through panel discussions. I didn't want my panel discussions to be filled with just therapists or psychiatrists, but I wanted it to really encompass different people from different backgrounds, from youth mm. to influencers to um, advocates to whoever, really. But I wanted us to be able to pull from people from different backgrounds and different mindsets and experiences. And then, of course, we have um, you know musical performances, poetry, just different things to be able to highlight 
that how people are expressing themselves and being open and vulnerable. And then, you know, ultimately, it was supposed to be a space where people would also feel empowered to be able to go back and create similar platforms like this outside of a conference. Um, I woke up one day and I realized that's not sustainable. If I go to a conference for one day, I'm not going to wake up and say, hey, I'm going to start my own initiative or, hey, I'm going to, you know, start my own group or group therapy session. Um, so I realized that we needed to build something a little bit more sustainable, and that's when we started our country teams. So what happens is that we have a country ambassador and we have country teams in um, Lagos, Abuja, and Accra, Ghana, Kigali, Rwanda, London, and UK, and of course in the US. And basically what this entails are um, monthly events, um, really focusing on bringing mental health awareness within the communities. What it could look like is a yoga session, a group therapy session, to um, a self-care and wellness session. It could be anything really, but it's supposed to be community engagement. So it's, it's open and it's usually very low cost or almost free to the community of any young adult that wants to show up and um, receive some type of service from us. And then of course, we're a database, we have a database of resources. So ultimately we wanna be able to have people email us or reach out to us and be able to provide um, mental health resources available to them based on their geographical location. And yeah, and then very soon we're actually starting our own podcast as well. Um, we've been doing a lot of virtual interactions through, you know, seminars, IG lives, um, just different things to engage people during this time, especially during the COVID-19 period. Okay. That's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, when you talk about um, all the different, you know, how you got to this point, it's, it's just amazing. Talk about your partnership with AccelerX, you know, how... How did that partnership come about? I, I heard you mention, you know, host, hosting for different panels and things of that nature. But why, why AccelerX and, and what impact did they, what impact did that organization have, um, bridging with uh, African Mental Health Matters? Um, I think a lot of people when they go into the nonprofit space or when they do any type of social impact project, the major issue that you kind of fall into is money, right? And I know you guys have heard me say sustainability. Like you could do something once, but how do you know that you can replicate it over and over and over again and have it be successful? And I think money is usually like the biggest barrier to people not really wanting to move forward with things. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. finding a partnership um, with the Celerex is honestly a blessing. The first year I did it, it was more so through GoFundMe, um, donations, support from my friends and my family, my church. And then last year um, I had the privilege and honor to work with an organization or a company called Global Accelerex. And it just so happens that, you know, they're big in the finance industry, specifically in Nigeria. And, you know, they actually were the main source POS. So, you know, when people are swiping and going to, you know, restaurants or going to the bank or going out to eat, that's their POS is usually what they're using um, in Nigeria. And so but for them, um, being so big in the finance industry, they also wanted to be able to find an opportunity to be able to give back. And, and, and they felt that they believed in the vision that I was trying, that my team and I were trying to achieve. Um, and, they, and they've fully supported this, right? So they would, it didn't really take much. You know, there was, a, there was a lot of heart behind it. And I think it was um, something you don't see too often because you see a lot of times with corporate sponsorship, there's always like, you know, there's always, there's always it's a business exchange. So yeah, we'll, we'll be your corporate sponsor, but we need you to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Um, but they were very easygoing and, you know, they just wanted to support us and see this actually come into fruition. And without them, we would have never been able to, one, hold our conference, but two, be able to give back to the psychiatric hospitals that we gave back to at the end of our um, mission. For sure. You know, 
we see some of the faces that are alongside you in the African Mental Health Matters movement. How important is it having diversity and inclusion in the movement as this movement is, is basically geared towards the continent of Africa? Um, it's very important, right? Like, um, I think, to be quite honest, that's what I think if, if someone had asked me what is my favorite part of being a part of the organization, um, it would be the fact that I get to work with a very diverse group of people, right? From different backgrounds, mm -hmm. from different experiences, um, from different cultures. And I think it just shows how rich we are, like, I mean, how rich culture is. And it, it's honestly opened up my mind to so many different opportunities and it's allowed me to be able to learn so much about myself and about other people. Um, I love my team members and they've honestly become, you know, my family. Honestly, if I'm, if I'm being very honest, because without them, we can't move forward. We can't move the agenda forward, especially because um, as of right now, as you can see, I'm, I'm still in the States, but we're, they're still pushing the agenda forward. They're still doing their part and they're all volunteers. So, you know, um, for me, and then we also just got actually two new, um, interns from the University of Chicago this summer, they're gonna be working with us and they're from very diverse backgrounds as well, but to see them so passionate about the work that we're doing right now, um, to me is just super encouraging to kind of keep on going because clearly I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people that believe in what we're, what we're trying to achieve. I love it. Uh, how are you staying, you know, uh, still able to reach out? You know, it's crazy because with COVID-19 right now, the world is pretty much been shut down for the better half of about two or three months now. And, you know, our brothers and sisters dealing with, you know, serious mental health, you know, matters, still need that help, still need that person to reach out to. So how has African Mental Health Matters still been able to provide the care and resources and that these brothers and sisters need, especially with the world being shut down now? Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty tough, right? Especially um, with everything going on, people have experienced a lot of anxiety, a lot of grief, a lot of um, depression. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, and so I think for us, the most important way is to be innovative and to pivot, right? Like we realized that even if we had events and um, different sessions planned for the rest of the year, they're not most li likely gonna happen, right? And that's fine, but we needed to find a way to be still, still be innovative and creative and still engage our followers and the people that, um, you know, are engaging with us on a day-to-day. -day. So for us, I mean, from day one, for about four weeks now, we've had about over 30 to 40 professionals from all over the world join us on IG Live. Um, it's been very stressful, I'm not gonna lie. Um, it can be very taxing because, you know, we're having to make flyers, put out, you know, put out information, making sure that, okay, we're recording. And, you know, it's kind of, it almost seems like a, IG Live is, is, is cool, but it almost seems like a mini podcast because you're still trying to just, figure things out, okay, who's going to facilitate this day? Who's going to lead, you know? And so, I mean, for us, I think it's been very important because we've had a lot of important conversations. We've had a lot of important seminars and webinars where people have learned a lot. And I mean, I'm not just talking about, you know, any speakers. I'm talking about people who are professionals in their own right, people who are doing excellent work. Um, we've talked about everything from, you know, how to deal with uncertainty to how to deal with grief, how to, um, you know, live an intentional life to, you know, just being able to create these, to bridge that gap and create an, an opportunity for people to be able to get um, information from these professionals for us is very important. And then also in the country teams, within the country teams, they've also um, worked on putting together different programming within each country that we can, you know, put out there. And then of course, um, in the creation of our podcast, we're also um, being able to bridge that gap and cover different topics. But ultimately, I think for us, the most important thing has been being able, being able to um, give people 
point people in the right direction in regards to where they can seek mental health care or um, therapy if needed. I want to start, you know, digging deep, deep in this thing. How can we, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's very Actually, if you're talking, you're on mute. Uh, am I on mute? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can't hear you. <laughs> I, I, I guess you, you wasn't on mute. I was. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I want to, you know, say like, how how can we improve, you know, mental health system in Africa? Um, you know what I mean? Like that. I think that's the overarching question right now because it's very, very in infancy stage, if any. How can we improve the mental health system in Africa when you travel these countries, Ghana, Nigeria, Sierra Leone, wherever you've been? With your organization, what are you seeing? What are the differences that you see? Um, okay, so that's a very loaded question, but I think um, number one, advocacy is so important, right? Finding new innovative ways to um, create an opportunity to bring awareness. So I think awareness is your is where you start with health behavior change. People first have to admit that there's a problem, right? If you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't know that you're dealing with something, if you don't know and are acknowledging that you may be dealing with something mentally, then there's nothing we can address here, right? Like you can show people, what is it? What is that quote? You can show people to see what you can or, well, I just made it up, but you can't bring people to them. Like you can't you bring can people- You can take your horse to the river, but you yes. can't take the <laughs> Exactly, yes. You can't, but you, yeah, exactly what you just said. So at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's first acknowledging one that there's a problem and then being able to create one, one like I said, innovative um, and creative ways to, to bring people's attention, right? And so sometimes it's not, oh, you know, protesting or sometimes it's not shoving things in people's faces. Sometimes it's, it's similar to what people are doing in Kenya, right? I think, I believe it's in Kenya specifically, but there's like a bench, right? Like where people know that it's a safe space. If they sit down on this bench, which is, you know, kind of random, but they sit down on this bench, there's going to be someone there available to speak to them if they're going through something. And I think that's super cool. Like, how would you love to know that if you're having a bad day, you could sit down on this, you know, anonymous bench and someone would be there to talk through your problems with you, you know? And I think, you know, mental health awareness looks like different, looks very differently in different African countries. But I think um, most importantly, it's us having the conversation, right? So something like this, this platform, putting something like this out there, that's, that's, that's the type of direction we need in each area so that people can start to openly talk about it and remove the stigma surrounding it. Um, I think a lot of the issue comes from the policy level. You know, we see a lot of time that there's very little money allocated towards the budget towards mental health. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, if someone is dealing with a mental illness and they're, they're not financially able to maybe get that, that mental health care, it can be very discouraging. Like, even if they wanted to go and get that care, what would that look, what would that potentially look like for them, you know? Um, and so once, I, once again, like I said, awareness and advocacy is so important because the more that we push the importance of mental health care in Africa on the continent, the more that mm-hmm. they, people will understand from the, the, from the top up that they, there needs to be some changes regarding the way that mental health care delivery is approached, number one. And number two, there needs to be more money that is allocated towards the budget to be able to serve people and provide the better care. Mm. For sure. You know, you mentioned um, at least acknowledging that the fact that we need to have a conversation and and most times uh, in our in the African community and and just being quite, you know, transparent, anybody that's a person of color in that in their community, 
it's difficult to start those conversations. How do we as a younger generation begin to like openly discuss that conversation about mental health, not only with our peers, but with the elderly, our parents, our grandparents, just to acknowledge the fact that um, that is something that we, we are suffering from as a people. Yeah. That's an excellent question. And I, and I think that's, it's often a very big problem that we, that we often see because you know, people then, when people finally are acknowledging that, okay, there's something here, right? Like maybe I'm dealing with some past traumas from my, from my childhood and they're starting to come to terms with that. But then, you know, sometimes it's, okay, how do I, how do I approach this with my parents, right? How do I approach this with my family and have that conversation? especially when we're growing up in two different, you know, two, two different generations. And so I think a lot of the time it's, it's when we talk about health behavior change, I personally, our organization, we really, we really um, address the youth, right? Like we go towards, we believe that youth are very more, they're very more, they're a lot more easier to um, engage and they're more open to receive the information and, and, and um, try to implement it in their day-to-day lives. Whereas with adults, they're kind of set in stone, right? If you go to your 50 or 60 year old parent, who they are is who they are, they're not changing. And so I think it's trying to frame how, you know, to have those type of conversations. Now, I know a lot of people first seek help within themselves. So they'll go seek therapy, um, they'll go seek counseling, they'll do what they need to do. And then I think in that, once you become confident in yourself, and confident in what you may be going through, I think it's then easier to find ways to approach, you know, an elderly or your, you know, your an elder or your family member, whoever it may be in your life. Because I think when you're self-aware and you understand exactly what it is you're going through, it's a lot easier for you to be able to find ways to engage people and let them know. Now, that's not to say that people are always going to receive it in the best way. You may mm-hmm. you may say, hey, I've been going through depression. It's time I tell my father. You may tell your father, and he may look at you and say, depression what? My friend, mm-hmm. we don't go through depression. What is wrong with you? You know, get over it. Go, you know, and they may they may respond not in a, in a way that you may not like. But at the same time, um, I think it's, it's one self-realization to kind of come to terms with, okay, this person had these type of experiences and that's why they're that way, right? And it doesn't make it right, but it, you have to realize that people are coming from different places, right? And have different experiences. And you may not be able to get the comfort you need from that person, but I think you'll be able to easily, easier or easierly engage with them because mm-hmm. at that point, you're confident in what you, what you've addressed, you're confident in what you've come to you know find out about yourself you're comfortable in the way that you've been able to seek care and be able to take care of yourself and then you, you're confident in the fact that listen even if this person doesn't necessarily understand what you're going through you still love them anyway right and you still find ways around it to 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 engage with them if that makes any sense yeah your organization like you mentioned is in kigali you know uh, the uk here in the states you know and uh, ghana different countries what is the one misconception you know that people get when it comes to mental health in Africa, uh, what is the one thing that, you know, as from your travel and just forums that you're holding that you want people to know when it comes to mental health in Africa or in the diaspora when it comes to Africa? Um, I think two misconceptions I would say that I really um, feel that needs to be changed is one, that people don't know, right? Like people, they, they're pretty smart, they know. It's they don't want to acknowledge it. So, like, I think we need to stop the whole conversation around. I mean, sometimes, yes, there are gaps 
in health knowledge. Not everybody knows to to a certain extent, but mental health is a thing. And like a lot of people, they know, but they just don't want to acknowledge it. So there's a lot of shame associated to mental health. There's a lot of stigma associated to mental health. There's a lot of um, vulnerability that's associated to mental health. So people don't want to, to be open, right? But they know mm-hmm. like it exists. And then, so I think that's a misconception. Then number two, it's that there's no organizations on grounding work. Um, Mm -hmm. We are not the only organization. We are not, you know, I I hate this whole kind of um, the savior type, you know, work of impact and how, you know, sometimes people come from the U.S. or from the diaspora and say, hey, we're we're here to kind of like save the environment and and try to change things. Um, For us in particular, we know that we are only able to do our work through partnership and collaboration. And we truly believe that um, that's what makes us unique as an organization. And that's what makes us be able to move forward as an organization. Um, There are great organizations and great advocates doing work on ground regarding mental health. And I don't wanna ever take that away from anyone. I think um, it's a lot of awareness around it. Maybe it's not as pertinent. Maybe people don't know about it as much, but there is a lot of great work being done on ground. Charles, you're muted. I see that you've done yeah, I'm right, I'm right here. I, I see that you've done great work in Lagos, um, Ghana, that you've mentioned previously. How long does it does it take to put together a conference, and, and how difficult is it? Like, what are some of the challenges you faced putting mm-hmm. a conference of this magnitude together? Yeah, it's it's quite difficult. I mean, I remember the first year I did it, and I when I moved to Abidjan, I was flying back and forth every month from Abidjan to Accra. It was taxing on me in terms of financially. It was um, draining because I was having to you know, meet with people. I was working full time, you know, three days. My three day weekend was spent just meeting people from left, right, and center, trying to figure out, okay, how can this person be involved or how can we get this person support? Um, I think, thankfully, my team has grown, so things have become a lot easier, but it's still, it's very taxing because what, what it comes down to it, I mean, previously, we are planning conferences. Well, I'm planning a conference that I'm not physically there, right? I've never been in Ghana while planning the conference. I was never in Nigeria while planning the conference. Um, I would just visit, you know, here and there when I could. And so understanding the demographic that you're working with, understanding the scope of work, understanding um, how things work and how things operate, it's all different depending on what country you're in. And so understanding that and getting to understand the landscape can be, um, can be quite difficult. Now, this year we have a, a whole team of people from Kigali planning the conference, which works out great because what better way to plan a conference than with people that are from the country, in the country, and know about the country. So it's it's, it's that much easier. And this year we're doing a virtual conference. So I think, um, you know, with anything, it's I think it's financially, you know, funding things that may be difficult finding the right people to be a part of it, you know, because I want to make sure that whoever is a part of our conference is truly able to make an impact in the lives of people that attend. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it takes about 12 months, right? So we, we start from January till December. It's, it's a lot. It's, I'm drained by the end of it. I'm not going to lie. I usually crash, you know, I, I go incommunicado. I don't pick up my phone for at least a month. I just, you know, usually December's right around the corner. So I, I just take out time to, um, 
really just relax because I'm tired and I'm drained by then. But it's worth it in the end to see the work that we're able to do. And then also ultimately, I think the conference is great, but my favorite part is being able to interact with the psych um, psychiatric patients and being able to go to, you know, the psych hospital and give back and give resources that they need. I think that's for me, like my favorite part. You mentioned something, you know, being able to, you know, interact with the, uh, the patients. Um, put on your, you know, therapy, therapist hat for a second. How can we I'm love and, uh, you know what I mean? Just, you know, from you, from, you know, uh, speaking with your, your therapists and volunteers and, you know, uh, you know, caregivers, how can we love on people, our brothers and sisters, especially in Africa, you know, dealing with mental health issues? Um, I think a lot of time people think, oh, mental, mental people with mental health issues are the people that are on the road, naked, you know, going from place to place, you know, the person's mad, the person's possessed. Um, it's, it's a lot, right? There's a lot of stigma associated to people who are dealing with a mental illness. Um, but I think loving, love and compassion are the biggest thing that we can all do um, and show to, to our brothers and our sisters on the African continent, no matter who you are, right? Like, mental health doesn't have a face, right? It doesn't have a race. It doesn't have a socioeconomic status. It doesn't have a, um, it doesn't have, a, there's no, there's nothing to it, right? We all have mental health. We're all dealing with different experiences, emotionally, behaviorally, physically, in all different areas of our life. And so at the end of the day, it's, it's just being that person to show compassion. It's just being that person to ask, how are you? Not, you know, oh, hey, what's up? Or, you know, really, how are you? How are you doing? What's been going on with you? You know, going the extra step to stay connected. Going the extra mm -hmm. step to, um, to, to, to visit that friend you haven't seen in a while. Showing, you know, showing the person that you're caring, you're, you're genuine. Um, being okay to receive people when they're, being, when they're vulnerable not judging people when they're being open about how they feel or their, their experiences. These are all important things that we need to continue to do and practice, not only on the African continent, but just on everyday, you know, interactions with people anywhere and everywhere. Mm -hmm. How can people get involved really? Like, you know what I mean? How can, I know your organization is always looking for volunteers or, you know, yes. practitioners. How can, how can people get involved, you know, you know, shout it out again, all that good stuff, really, for people listening or watching right now? Um, so please follow us. Follow us on Instagram. That one is something we all need. You know, we need to can increase our awareness, increase our following. Um, we need to raise funds, making money to be able to be sustainable, right? Um, we're look always looking for volunteers on ground specifically, even in the U.S., because um, we do do a lot, we've started to doing, we started doing a lot of events in the diaspora earlier this year. Um, but yeah, we need tons of volunteers, we need tons of awareness, we need tons of donations, we need, we need anything and everything that anyone can, can offer. And we're always mm -hmm. open to receiving, I mean, I'm not going to lie, in the last couple of weeks, we, the, the amount of um, support and love that we've received has been amazing. And so um, it's just encouraging, like, to continue to keep up the to keep up the work because you know knowing that we have you or someone else behind us it makes it that much easier to kind of move forward mm -hmm. sure <laughs> excuse me for sure just just switching to a little bit about you you know i saw that you had a chance to be highlighted and acknowledged in a book um i believe it was oh. called uh, uh 
we will lead Africa, specifically towards women. How did you feel being recognized as one of the major influences in bringing change to the continent of Africa? Um, I Sometimes I feel like I'm still going through the whole getting over the imposter syndrome because I don't, I mean, to be quite honest, like if I have to be very real, um, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, Vanessa, like you're doing so great and you're this and you're that. And it's, I'm still trying to, I guess, figure that what that looks like because for me, I just feel like I'm kind of walking in my purpose and I'm just doing what I can, you know? Um, I don't feel like it's anything like extravagant. I don't know how to explain it, but I don't, I'm still just trying to figure things out. It's an honor and a privilege to be a part of something like that. And I'm grateful, but I just, I feel like it's not a, a huge, huge deal. You know, I don't, I'm still trying to kind of, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm just, I feel like for me, I'm just trying to do what I can do in the best of my ability. And that's, that's what this looks like, really. You know, it's just because I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. And I hope that what we're doing makes a difference, honestly. Um, yeah. I definitely want to give you your roses, you know what I mean? Like, because you're doing incredible uh, needed work so you know what I mean like uh, I think this, 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 there isn't enough roses to throw or give to people like you and uh, I'm glad that you highlighted this you know many other you know organizations like uh, African Mental Health Matters that are doing this work and uh, I think it's very needed and this conversation you know since not just to end here I think you know this platform for example we hosted a, a mental health forum back in 2017 uh, where we you know just had therapists and just people you know just interested in that in an open space. And uh, I think it was you know, a very good thing. We sought to do it, you know, annually, but have failed at it. And uh, that's why we, you know I'm saying? Like look up to uh, what, what what you were doing and are here to, you know what I mean? Like give you that platform and support in any, in any way. Um, yeah. What's, what's going on with Cameroon and Sierra Little, man? My man Charles is, in, in Sierra, is from Sierra Little. I'm from Cameroon, you know what I mean? And, I know. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we worked, we're working on it. I love me Cameroon. Yo, I love y'all's food. Oh, I love Cameroonian food. But I'm gonna you go. Nigerian say that? Yes. I love you. Okay, so are you, do you know this place called Roger Miller in Silver Spring? Yes, yes, that yes. Baby, yes. That food is good, but um, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Yeah, we're we're working on it. I mean, to be quite honest, recently we're approached by someone from the African Union, and they were like, you know, we want to replicate this in ECOWAS, so we want to go, and you know, we have the professionals, and we can get this going. So I mean, we gotta just wait and see. I think with the the, the grace of God, things would work out the way they need to be. But we're we're working and we're planning, and I believe that our reach will um, and our capacity will grow. Um, in the next few years. Yeah, definitely. How can people reach you on social media, uh, personally, or email? And uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Africa's Health Matters org. Um, you can reach me at Vanessa at a bio at Africa's Health Matters org. You can follow us on Instagram at amh underscore matters. You can follow us on Twitter um, at Africa's Mental Health Matters. Um, on Facebook, we have a page as well, Africa's Mental Health Matters. So we're there. We're, we're here. If you type us in, in Google, if you were on LinkedIn, we're there too. So, I mean, yeah, we're here. Reach out and our website is africashealthmatters.org. Definitely. Definitely appreciate that. Just remember the hashtag, Africa Health Matters. Yes. Mental health. Charles, you good, bro? Yeah, man, I'm great. You know, we, I'm back. I'm back. I'm a little rusty, but I'm back. 
I'm back. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. No, definitely appreciate you so much, Vanessa, for no, thank you taking guys. this time to join us. Uh, like I said, uh, you definitely come back and update us when COVID has passed, you know, in the studio. We would definitely love to host you. And uh, um, just, you know, keep up the, the great work and, uh, you know, Godspeed. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, guys. I This was a great conversation. Thank you. For sure, for sure. Stick around. Definitely want to thank my co-host, uh, Sir Charles, joining me, AK Producing in the background, Ma, for booking this and continue to do amazing work. Shout out to Tutu and everybody in the Stuck in Middle um, family. Uh, hit us up on social media, SITM Podcast, uh, and all social media platforms. And, uh, of course, email if you're watching on YouTube. Appreciate it. Um, stay strong. Stay safe. Wash your hands. If you're going out to protest, don't break nothing. You know what I mean? Buy it so you can transform it. And uh, you know what I mean? Just, uh, you know, just stay prayed up. Uh, I'm Flex. That's Sir Charles. We were joined by Vanessa of African Mental Health Matters. And we are out. <laughs>